Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now then, take a quick listen to this. There's this pool and there's this motel in Clearwater, Florida. And I remember sitting with Keith and writing his song Satisfaction. Andrew Oldham said, this is like a number one single, this is great. Keith was like, oh, I don't really like it, can't come out as a single. And it went to number one, like, instantly. It was like a big moment. You know, it became your signature tune, your creed your sexuality, your controversy. You need to have that song that everyone remembers. That is uh, Mick Jagger recalling writing Satisfaction with Keith Richards uh, all of those years ago. The band are going from strength to strength. It is truly incredible um, that they've been on the road for, would you believe, 60 years. The Rolling Stones have been on the road for 60 years. Their first gig was in the Marquee Club in London, the 12th of July, 1962. So starting tomorrow night on BBC Two, a new four-part series features the reflections of the four band members as they look back on their careers on stage and in the headlines. Sam Anthony is the series producer of My Life as a Rolling Stone and he joins us now. Sam, how are you today? I'm great, thanks. Uh, It is truly remarkable, isn't it, that a band like them uh, could be on the road for 60 years, particularly when you think of them in the 60s when (laughs) self-destruction seems to be their number one reason to be. Well, it is, of course it is. I mean, they haven't actually been on the road constantly for 60 years. They've had the odd uh, holiday, I think, the odd bit of time off. But but yeah, I mean, they, they, they get together... Um, every few years, uh, sometimes every two or three years, to do these incredibly huge tours, and 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 they pretty much invented uh, the modern rock and roll tour, the, the stadium tour, uh, which we're used to now with the likes of you too, and so on. Uh, the Stones really are the people who kind of uh, uh, created that whole concept: the lighting, the sound, the ex- you know the kind of extravaganza side of it, the fireworks, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah, as you say, they've been doing it since. Uh, well, they've sort of really been doing it ever since they first began because they were only really a club act for about a year and a half. And then pretty much after that, they were always playing theatres and sta- and then eventually at stadiums and then eventually arenas. So, yeah, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, they seem to be constantly on the road. I, I talked to a member of Bruce Springsteen's band uh, once. He yeah. was saying that, that, you know, for them at their age, going on the road is all about preparation. It's going to see your chiropractor, your doctor. <laughs> 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 Trying to be physically as, as fit as you can be. And then while you're on the road, you just have yeah. to try and keep it together until it comes to an end. Then you go back to the chiropractor or the surgeon. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I can't stand in a, in a, in a queue for half an hour, let alone run around on stage for two hours. And I'm a little bit younger than they are. So, no, I mean, I think that uh, fitness is... it's it's extraordinary because they are on the one hand incredibly fit and on the other hand sort of don't really deserve to be given the lives that they've led so it's there there may be a lesson in there for all of us in terms of uh, keeping off the booze and fags and stuff maybe we've got it wrong yes um so your take on this you've kind of in a way it's kind of separated them was that the plan get them on their own yes they tell the truth yeah, so so normally the way that, that stories of uh, pop groups, well, often the way that the stories of pop groups like the Stones is told is that it's it's the story of the group. And the assumption when you're telling the story of a group is that what makes a group is a group of like-minded people, all of whom are broadly similar, who form a group of similarly-minded people. But I think, in fact, if you look at the really, really successful groups, um, and the Rolling Stones are probably the most successful rock group of all time, um, they are all really different. So what we wanted to do was make a virtue of the fact that they're really different. And so to understand how 
a, a group like this can be so enduring and last so long and make so many incredible records and do so many incredible live shows, the store, their secret in a way, the secret of their kind of success is in how different they are and how they pull in different directions but collectively add up to something more than the sum of their parts. And so what we wanted to do with the series is to make four quite different programs about these four different characters, which is uh, Mick, Keith and Ronnie, obviously, who are all still alive, and Charlie, who recently passed away, sadly. And um, it was quite fun because we were able to tell the program makers, the directors of each episode, you know, fill your boots, make the program as different from the other ones as you can make it, because then that will be a reflection, as long as it's accurate, uh, an accurate portrayal of the person in question that will be uh, you'll be doing them a service because then the audience hopefully what if they if they watch all four of them which i sincerely hope people will do they'll they'll have the whole picture uh and it will i, I hope it will be a bit more of a nuanced uh and uh, uh a bit more of an, a bit more of an analysis really i suppose yeah. about how the band works because they're just an organization like any other and, and and it's really interesting to try and unpack how that works um, they, it's funny they probably all remember things quite differently as well um, when you, when, Absolutely when, when you talk to Keith just to start with Keith for a second yeah. how does he feel about the whole experience himself when he looks at what his life has been for 60 years Yeah Well I, I think I think first and foremost I mean first and foremost Keith is a musician uh, he's obviously got a reputation for being a hellraiser and and uh, and for looking extraordinary and all the rest of it, and and that's all completely justified, and he he accepts that. But actually, what he really is, he's just a musician. He's just a guitar player and an occasional singer and a, and an incredible incredible songwriter. And that really, I have to say, apart from his family and in the past at various points, sort of booze and drugs, that's really all he's interested in. That's what he's about. He's not actually that complicated a character. You know, it's all about the music and he's all about a particular kind of music. And at first that kind of music was, was basically black music was what he was obsessed by and, and making sure the band always stuck to the authenticity of that kind of rootsy sound that they all loved. And then in later years, in a funny kind of a way, making sure the band sticks to the authenticity of the Rolling Stones sound, because of course the Rolling Stones sound has now become a kind of classic sound as well, which they created. But but Keith works very hard to make sure they don't deviate too far from that. And I think that's what he's interested in. That's his, been his job for 60 years, and that's what he does. He does it very well. Um, at the heart of the band will always be the relationship between him and, and Mick. What does he have to say about Mick? Um, he, uh, he, they, have a, they have a great respect for each other. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, they, they have a completely clear understanding that they're better together than apart. They've, have, they've done lots of things separately and none of them are ever su- as successful as the Stones. So they, they, have a, they both have a very clear understanding of how the relationship works and how successful it's been. They are not uh, close friends anymore. They haven't been close friends for a long time. But if you think about the person you sit next to at the office or in the shop where you work or something, if think about the idea of being friends, best friends with your colleagues like that for 60 years. It's kind of hard to imagine. And, and so it is with them. They were very, very good friends in the 60s uh, and into the early 70s. And then as, over the years, less so, because once they left Britain in 72 as tax exiles, they all lived in different parts of the world. And um, as you know, when you're trying to keep up even with your best friends and they live in other countries, it's not easy. And so they've, they've sort of drifted apart as friends, arguably, but not as partners and not as colleagues. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of, they're more colleagues, I think, than sort of best buddies. But they, you know, they've obviously known each other. I mean, Keith and Mick were at school together. Yeah. 
So, you know, they were in school together in 1959. So they really have known each other a long time. Right. And to look across the stage when they're touring and just see this man that's been part of your life for so long. Totally. And sometimes it's probably a bit of a drag to look across the stage and see that same old mug. <laughs> yeah. but, some, but, but most of the time, I hope it's really reassuring. You, you know, you've got each other's back and you've had each other's back for 60 years. Right. How about Mick? How did Mick come across? Because he, he, he would get a lot of flack because you know, he is the front man and he's also yeah, got the business I mean, I, side of well, it too, isn't he? I mean, I, yeah, he, he, he is. I mean, look, I have to confess that I, 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 I'm a big fan of the band, obviously, and I'm, a really, I'm really, really interested in Mick. I think he's a fascinating character because, as you say, he, he's um, perhaps the greatest uh, rock and roll uh, front man ever. Uh, on the one hand, a brilliant singer who's still got an he's still got the same voice more or less that he had when he was twenty five. Uh, he's a really good harmonica player. He's a fantastic mover, as everybody knows. He's, he knows the record uh, moves like Jagger, but he's also um, effectively been the de facto manager of that group since nineteen seventy. And they created the modern touring industry. They created modern stage lighting. They created all these different aspects that we completely take for granted in the entertainment industry now. The the, the the organization of which he was the head created all that stuff. It didn't exist before them. And um, so, you know, he, he has sometimes has a reputation as being a bit of a control freak. But my goodness, uh, if he wasn't, they wouldn't have achieved any of the things that they've achieved. So he's definitely the driving force behind uh, the direction of the band. Uh, and Keith, perhaps, is the person who keeps an eye on the sort of musical uh, authenticity and sort of pedigree, if you like. And long may it continue. Um, Absolutely. The, the largest blow to them, obviously, has been the death of Charlie in, in the yes. last year. How were they talking about that? They were sweet about it, but they didn't sort of dwell on it in a massive, to a massive degree. I mean, I think when, when, when the first, uh, when, last year, uh, they were one of the first bands to come out back on stage after COVID. Uh, surprise, surprise, they're the Stones, they're the original touring rock and roll band. They were, they were very keen to get back out there and uh, they got back out there and Charlie died. And so they put together a very moving tribute, which is what they begin their show with um, uh, every uh, every show. I'm not sure whether they're doing it on the tour this time, but they were definitely doing it before Christmas, just after he passed. And they do an incredibly moving tribute and it's very heartfelt, it's very sincere. Uh, but then they get on with the show and they just yeah. do the show because people are there to see the sh- them do the Rolling Stones show. They're not there to see them being sad and gloomy about their friend. I think they all miss him. Yeah. They all recognize what an incredibly important part of the uh, story he is, an incredibly important part of the band he is. Um, but the show must go on. Well, that's it's uh, it's so true, isn't it? And it means so much to them. Uh, Sam, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, the first episode of My Life as Rolling Stone on Mick Jagger is on BBC Two at 9.30pm tomorrow night with a double bill of Keith and Ronnie on Saturday the 9th of July and Charlie Watts will be on the 23rd. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.